Live in Everett podcast, where we explore good things in Everett, Washington. My name is Garrett Hunt. And I'm Tyler Chisholm. Welcome to the Live in Everett podcast, episode 65, which is brought to you by nobody currently, because we don't have a title sponsor yet. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you indeed. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> weird after a full year of uh, have, having a People's Bank on, on the show, but... <laughs> oh yeah, we shouldn't have. I guess I just got one more plug. Yeah, People's Bank is not the title sponsor. I guess that's two more plugs. Well, I'm not opposed <laughs> to giving any businesses plugs who uh, help support. I us. know. I'm just uh, kidding. Yeah, People's People's, People's Bank. Bank has been so good to us. <clears throat> yep, yep. They were huge supporters this last year, um, so that was really cool. So, anyways, uh, what's new with you, man? Dude, I keep talking about this. Well, I haven't been on the podcast for a couple of weeks. I've been uh, really busy with some other work that we've been working on. Um, but I've got these allergies that have just been getting worse and worse and worse. And today I have like this weird cough. I don't feel sick, but my voice is all messed up. So sorry, everybody for... Sounds extra uh, deep. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's good. It's like legit. <laughs> anyway, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah, it's been a good week. I got a new camera the other day. So I've been having fun playing around with that. And I'm getting ready to launch a Patreon page soon. So yesterday I was walking around town shooting a little video and uh yeah we're, we're excited to, to roll that out uh so stay tuned for for details in the next week or two here cool. um oh yeah and i almost forgot after uh we got our new live and everett uh, phone number uh so people can leave us voicemail set up we got a couple calls and we got one from christopher bragg uh that i am gonna play hey this is christopher bragg and i was just listening to the and everett podcast episode 64 with christine mitchell and all y'all were Lamenting the lack of good Italian in Everett. Did you forget about Chianti? It's like two blocks from your office. Maybe it's time you go back there. Have a good one. <laughs> I will say. <laughs> it's true. We did forget about Chianti. I wasn't on that episode. Um, yeah, so, so we can't you, blame you for that you, one. <laughs> but I, I, I do I do apologize. Yeah, last week when Henry and I had Christine Mitchell on the show and she brought up, she wanted to see a good Italian restaurant in Everett. And off the top of my head, yeah, I, I didn't think about Chianti or like Lombardi. There is all of Just Christ. kidding. Yeah, Lombardi's, duh. Gianni's, Chianti. Yeah, I need to try Gianni's. I haven't been there yet. Gianni's, Gianni's is a classic. But uh, yeah, apologies to all you Italian restaurants out there. Sorry, yeah. we forgot uh, about I feel, I feel like that voicemail makes Christopher Bragg sound like such a smug jerk. I know. If I <laughs> didn't know jerk. him and know how awesome he was, I'd be like, who's this guy? <laughs> who's this jerk? <laughs> Maybe you should go back there. But no, Chris, Maybe you should go back there, Christopher. Christopher's awesome. He, you might recognize his name from the blog. He's written a handful of articles over the last couple of years, and he also hosted our, uh, our Bond Meetup uh what and was he, that a month or two ago yeah and he is a really nice guy yeah thanks for the voicemail christopher and we actually got uh another voicemail that um i just saw i haven't even listened to it yet so uh <laughs> let's check that I'm one out i'm nervous yikes and i just want to say i love your living everett videos it's helped me try out lots of places um but we love the totem and we came up with the best thing for breakfast a breakfast wingman. I have a family of four, and one of us takes turn being the wingman, and we just order an extra plate. So three of us order, and somebody has an awesome breakfast buffet. So I wanted to share that with you guys, and thanks so much. Bye-bye. That's awesome. That is awesome. I wonder if, she, did we get that voice? It must have, did it come through before we did the totem video? 
I'm new to this. Uh, I don't see a date on here. <laughs> well, I'd say that's an interesting coincidence because I think released... it just came in today. Oh, okay, so it she just saw says two fifty-seven p.m. Okay. and the others have. Uh, they say the days of the week. This nice. one doesn't say the day of the week, so I'm assuming it just came in today. And what was she saying? Breakfast wingman. Breakfast wingman. I I love that. So basically, just one sounds like one person in the group just doesn't order, and they get a little bit of everyone else's food. If I understood her correctly. Which um yeah with, I'm I'm all about like sampling you know totally like, me too yeah. I would love to be someone's breakfast wingman <laughs> yeah I like it and then the portions are so huge you really don't need four full plates that's a good idea I I didn't catch her name but thank you yeah kind of broke Th- that thanks for the tip thanks um, mystery lady nice gal uh, so yeah if you guys want to call in and leave us a message we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can now leave us voicemails at four two five three four one three seven three one. If you're not familiar with Live and Everett, in addition to this weekly podcast, we also do weekly videos, a jam-packed weekly newsletter, maintain an active blog, an events calendar, uh, all kinds of good stuff. You can learn more over on the website, liveineverett.com. Yeah, and today we have the president from the uh, Museum of Everett History, Gene Fosheim, on the podcast. Gene is also the author of the book, Milltown Boy, uh, which is a biography about his father, Raymond Fosheim, growing up in Everett during the 20th century. We're really excited uh, to talk with Gene about Everett's past. All right, Gene, you uh, ready to jump into it here? You bet. Cool. So uh, the Everett Museum of History has a new home in uh, downtown Everett, we hear. Uh, Tell us about that. Oh, man, finally, finally. I just got off the board. I was on the board for over 10 years, and I was president for a few years, and uh, it was hard but we've got an absolutely knockout, beautiful location right up on Colby and Wall Street, the old Everett Herald building from way, way, way back. Oh, that used to be the Herald? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, back uh, a long time ago. And uh, it's, it's a great building. The location's a 10 out of 10. And it just really took a long, hard time. When you travel around the country, you notice that all the museums have a, a donor, you know, have mm-hmm. somebody that gives money. And we were lucky enough to have a, a lady... Uh, leave us, you know, money in a trust fund, and, and uh, relatives decided to give it toward the museum. Wow. Originally, the reason for that is because we were going to get the Longfellow School. Oh, yeah, And yeah. they wanted to combine it into a historic thing and everything, but that uh, didn't work out. So we got this beautiful building, good location, and um, we're happy. It'll take us about a year to get the thing all fixed up and ready to go. Cool. I can't wait. But the good news is... We could have lost everything, but luckily we had a dedicated, hard-working group of volunteers. We kept everything together in the collection and through thick and thin. So, Very nice. So yeah. what, what types of um, items can people expect to be able to come view at the yeah. museum? Well, we have thousands and thousands of items. We have a really good, extensive uh, foot photography collection, all kinds of photographs. We don't even know what we have. Uh, clothing donations that go back for many many years because the museum started in the in the early to middle 50s okay as the Snohomish County Museum okay then we changed the name to the Everett Museum a while back but um, man we got a little of everything you name it a big collection of Payne Field items from our airport um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff we don't even know we have you yeah know? so can, can you explain a little bit of a contact so you said it started back in the 50s but my understanding from what i've heard most of it's just been in storage for long for decades right yeah started out in 54 about and um it used to be up in uh, legion park area where the maintenance facility is there that's the old world war ii communications building 
And after that, it left that for a while. It was down on Rockefeller. And we never owned a building. You know, they tried to build one. They tried to have fundraisers. It just didn't work out. And then most recently, we were on Hewitt. And there for quite a few years, and that was excellent. Worked out real well. But um, our money just dwindled away. We had to lay off our director, and then it just volunteer work. So for the last 10 years, everything's been in storage. Before that, a lot of it was in storage, but we actually did have a museum that was open, even if it was a small one. That's cool. So the new space, um, and it's on Colby and Wall. Mm -hmm. Um, How big is it going to be? Oh, it's pretty big. I can't remember. I had this all down, but now that I'm off the board, I don't remember exactly. But we've got it's two stories. It's got a full basement with a oh, okay. high ceiling. We're putting an elevator in, but it's quite a few square feet on the main. Let's see, blocks or what? We got about a hundred by a hundred and twenty. Yeah, it's, like a, it's a big building. It's yeah. like half a city block. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a pretty good sized building. So there's plenty of room. But then we have stuff in three different storage locations. So you know it's going to take a lot to get that moved in. Get it set up for the first time in 10 years. We have some paid employees now. That's really on the, cool. On the payroll, we've got the curator and wow. our research person and our programs person and, of course, our executive director. So we're rolling. Now we have to really compete with everybody else to do fundraising. But uh, it was embarrassing. I think it should have been embarrassing to everybody in Everett. Everett's probably the biggest city in the United States population-wise that did not have a history museum. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that. I was driving through Marysville a couple of days ago, and I noticed that they had a histor- historical museum, yeah. and I was like, man, even Marysville has a history museum. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we're finally getting one. Marysville, Granite Falls, even yeah. Index. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so what are some of the some of your favorite historical um, moments or favorite, uh, mo- favorite, like, history trivia things that you like to tell people at parties and things like that well of course so the everett massacre which um was not brought up for years and years people were so sore about it you know that's over 100 years ago but people don't even know about it but that was pretty infamous sure and anything involving the labor the wobblies you know the sawmill owners all that stuff is just fascinating Hmm. history I love the trivia type stuff, like Stan Borson is an Everett High School graduate, you know, the accordion player that was on Lawrence Welk. Um, of course, Henry Jackson, sure. one of the most famous people from here. And uh, Everett's a sawmill town, so I like to talk about the sawmills. You know, we had some of the biggest sawmills in the world, the biggest uh, shingle manufacturer in the world. Oh, really? The first uh, all-electric um, warehouser, you know. This was the terminus for the Great Northern Railroad. There's, there's just all kinds of stuff you discover as hmm. you as you learn more and uh you don't learn those stuff and those things in school <laughs> you have to dig around and look right. at it so um it's fun i'm together with a whole bunch of historians now we go back and forth all the time you guys probably seen on facebook we have some different sites and it, it's neat a lot of people are excited about things and they don't know about it mm-hmm. you know i just did my cemetery tour saturday Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was dying to go, but I couldn't make it. (laughs) And (laughs) I went a couple years ago, and it was awesome. It was standing room only. It was great. But I was impressed because there were so many young people on the tour and so many people that were new to Everett, and they didn't know anything about this stuff. So, I mean, I can go on and on about Everett all the time. Yeah. (laughs) But but really, you know, like the sawmills, things like that, the the history, and the connections with different things around the country, which is a small world. Hmm. No, Boeing, of course, today. <laughs> right. I brag about Boeing when I travel all over the place. 
You know, yeah, why wouldn't you? Where is Everett? That's where all the big wide body airplanes are built, almost all of them. That's right. <laughs> and you said the museum will be open in about a year? Well, we project uh, about a year. Yeah, that's what, uh, like I say, I'm off the board now. So I'm a little bit out of the loop, but that was our plan because there's uh, always surprises when you buy a building. And when you're going to have a public building, you can't just throw things together. You have to do it right. Sure. So that's probably about a good indicator when it'll be. Sure. Well, yeah, it's exciting. Very exciting. We can just think all these school kids that never got to visit a history museum in town. Now they're going to have it. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, any Anything else we want to ask about the museum before? Uh, I also want to talk about uh, the Milltown Boy book. Sure, yeah. I guess I'm curious as to where is all this stuff right now. Well, upstairs on the the second floor in the Everett Mall where uh, Frederick and Nelson used to be, there's a gym downstairs. We have some storage upstairs that's been provided to... Wait a minute. Fred, there's a there's gym a at the Everett and, Mall? A, yeah, there's a big gym on the back side of the mall where the movie theaters are. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And there's a second story there. There was an elevator, escalator and everything where Frederick and Nelson used to be way, way back. Okay. We have the second floor, a portion of it that's cool. pretty good, like about 5,000 square feet of storage. Wow. Which uh, we lease for a dollar a month, which is pretty cool. It's pretty darn good. Then the basement of the Kalmbach building, right up here on Colby, um, the city provides that for us, and we've got a, a small area there. And then we've got a rental facility also that we, we rent for some of the big heavy stuff. Is there anything in the collection that you like adore and you're so happy that we still have? Well, yeah, we've got uh, Roland Hartley's desk. He was a governor of the state. You know, he was a mayor of Everett, and that's a pretty cool big desk like that. Um, we have, <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. We don't have something that stands out. You know, we've got some soapbox derby cars, all kinds of, you know, furniture, things like that. It's not like uh, some great thing, maybe, that everybody in the world would recognize. It's just... A gathering of local history. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's it's very exciting stuff. That'll be really cool once that opens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I want to transition and talk a little bit about uh, your book that you published uh, called Milltown Boy. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, this book is a collection of my dad's photographs um, and some of his diary and an interview that the Snohomish County Museum did about 25 years ago. Okay. I started out by just, okay, I'm going to do a little genealogy thing so my two boys and my grandkids have something to see about our family. And the more I dug into it, oh, my God, my dad never had much money, but he always had a camera. And I was finding all these pictures from all over the, the area. And uh, I started putting it together. It kept growing, ended up being 300 pages. And I started tying everything that the family did, and he did, to local history. Like when my grandparents came from Norway, 1909, that era, um, what was going on in Everett, what was going on in the world. They started in uh, Stanwood, you know, come down to Sylvana and then Everett, Hmm. um, Norwegians, tied it to the immigration, why'd they leave Norway, why'd so many Scandinavians come to Everett, things like that. And I had all kinds of research and photos that I came up with. And it was really, really fun to do. I took about five years uh, working on it off and on. Sometimes I'd be obsessed with it, and I'd work you know, night and day for a month or two, that I'd set it aside. So it's got um, really a, a bunch of really good photos, good stories, some diary entries. You can, 
he talks about going to one of the movie theaters a certain time, you know, and what movie he watched, you know, walking around Everett, all these little secrets people don't know about. So it, it yeah, very, very happy with it. And um, I'm really shocked that I, I sold over 300 or donated, you know, over 300 of them. Oh, altogether. that's cool. Yeah, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. The name of it is Milltown Boy, and it's yeah. about your what was your father's name? My dad, Raymond. Okay, and what if, what is a little bit of his history? Well, um, he was born in Everett in a little house on Fulton in the back, six uh, kids in a little dinky house, and he grew up in uh, the Norwegian family, Norwegian-American family, and ended up working at the sawmill. Starting at 15, he had to drop out of school, never attended Everett High School, hmm. and he was actually supporting the family himself because everybody was unemployed during the Depression. It was really an interesting story. So sawmill worker all his life. Um, he was in the Everett Motorcycle Club. I've got a whole chapter cool. on Harley Davidson's and motorcycles, which is really kind of cool. And um, he rode a boxcar to Minnesota when he was 16 years old to see relatives there. Took the motorcycle back there four times, and then he got drafted. Hmm. World War II. He was a little bit older, so they put him in an older unit, and his two older brothers got drafted, and he ended up in the Aleutian Islands up in the Alaska for two years. A lot of interesting stories. And then they sent him over to uh, France and Germany for the last uh, few months of the war. And I've got all kinds of photos from all of this. Wow. Yeah. I'm curious about what it was like when when Raymond was working in the mills. <clears throat> I feel like back then, what it, the way that it was described to me when we bought our first house, which was over in Riverside, is that every mill had a different whistle yes. and then the whole communities would walk to work yes. together. Is yeah. that true? Yeah. The whistle would blow everybody, you know, and they go down to work. Um, the family lived at 2202, uh, Cleveland for a while, right in Riverside. So my dad, 15 years old, he'd get up and he'd walk down the hill, walk down the stairway, walk across the tracks and worked at the uh, Hingston box factory which nobody had ever heard of or even knew about, not even Dave Dilgard, who knew, knew yeah. everything. So I did some research, I actually found out about it, found some pictures, and uh, yeah, I forget what he made, it's in my book, but you know, he worked his 48-hour week at 15 years old and yeah. walked to work, sometimes walk home for lunch, sometimes just have a little wow. lunch there. And But yeah, all the different uh, whistles. Um, it was an amazing town, all the smoke all over town, all the pollution, everything, but it was, <laughs> people were working. Yeah, yeah. They were making money, and there were all the labor squabbles, you know, the strikes, the, Everett was a rough town back then, too. Hmm, nice. Yeah, very rough town, but a lot of hard-working people. Hmm. T- tell us about how rough Everett was, because I feel <laughs> yeah. like it, it got Henry, pretty rough. Henry wants to know how rough it was. Well, if you uh, were walking Hewitt, you know, right down here, you'd have about 31 uh, taverns, of course, at one point in time from one end to the other, a pretty rowdy bunch, but these sawmill workers, you know, they'd come out and they'd want to have a, a good time, but the thing is, is the Wobblies, which was the IWW, got involved, and that's where that led to the Everett Massacre. They were a pretty radical bunch of uh, union people. And the sawmill workers, managers, they didn't want to have anything to do with the unions. And, uh, you know, unsafe conditions. You know, there were a lot of fights, a lot of people getting beat up. Between Everett and Moncotil on the waterfront, there were a lot of areas there where they had stills up in the woods. They were making their booze and everything. (laughs) People were getting murdered on the beach. So 
there are a lot of stories, a lot of stories. And of course, a lot of the taverns had brothels up above. And hmm. yeah, it was, it was um, a blue collar town. And what year was this? Yeah, oh, this, you know, starting like 20s or something. Well, we started in 1892 really was the big yeah. boom year. And that continued. Yeah. All the way through. And the massacre was 1916. Hmm. Hmm. But yeah, all the way through it was a very interesting history. So I'm not talking about just a certain specific era, but, but, probably the first 50 years of Everett, really. Sure. Yeah. What in sort of your lifetime is like the mo- your most fondest memory of an era in Everett? I would give anything to go back to the late 50s, early 60s. God, I'd give anything to have a $100 bill in my pocket and go to Coy's Toys and buy all the models they have. <laughs> cool. Or go to the dime stores. We have the three dime stores on Colby. And so many people have memories that are around my age or older about the dime stores. You go in, you could have lunch, you could buy toys, you could buy anything. Hmm. So the downtown was really cool. A lot of memories of the Everett Theater. Uh, pop bottle, you know, Pepsi show where you six bottle caps, you get into the show. You'd watch the Three Stooges or you'd watch the Creature from the Black Lagoon or <laughs> some crazy movie at noon and hmm. they would have auctions. So, so those were really good times, I think downtown really good time to be a kid in Everett uh shopping downtown just it was ever was a boom town really was then then the mall came along <laughs> <laughs> that freaking mall all, all you his, yeah. history guys are yeah. the all mall's the, the enemy we had all that fun you know downtown and cruising Colby later and stuff like that <laughs> and then the freaking mall came yeah yeah. yeah. Well, well we're going to get our revenge because the malls are leaving the country now. They're all dropping yeah. back. Now know? there's yeah. Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Tons there's, of abandoned malls. Now, we'll now there's just, Amazon yeah. and the downtowns. I just took a three-week road trip not too long ago, but it's neat. The downtowns are coming back all over the place, mm-hmm. just like downtown Everett will come back. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. So uh, where does your passion for history come from? I've always loved history all the time. It comes from my dad. Um, there was nothing like it. He, his two brothers, bachelor brothers, older, would come over to their, our house in the old uh, 61 Ford uh, pickup truck. They'd pull in in the evening. My dad would make them some hot cocoa and peanut butter sandwiches, and they'd start talking history. All about Everett, about movies, about World War II, about you name it. And I could just listen for hours. I think it was mm-hmm. something I was born with. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I wanted to take history classes in college and everything, but I understood, man, you can't get a job. So I got a degree in uh, design instead, and that worked out a lot better. But, uh, but I've always been passionate about history. And when I started investing in real estate in Everett, um, I met some people around town that really cared about things, you know, Jack O'Donnell and, and quite a few other people, Dave Dilgard. And the more I talked with them and the more I looked at some of these properties I had bought that I was fixing up, the more I realized, wow, history is important. Hmm. And I'd have come, some people walking around and they'd, they'd say, wow, you're making this house look really good. So-and-so used to live there, things like that. Hmm. So I really connected with the past. But I think it's something I just, from the very beginning, you know, just from the very hmm. beginning, I was interested in it. So many history books, you know, big World War II collection, big architecture collection, art history. I've taken a lot of art history class. I just, a little of everything. 
What about for like Everett history specifically mm-hmm. and in a broader sense for Everett citizens? Do you think all Everettites should care about Everett history? I really think so. Um, once again, when you travel around the country, you look at the downtowns and you see that the old courthouse is well preserved and it's just the most beautiful building. And then you see this ugly 1960s building. It, they're just ugly, some of them. The post office right down the street here, ugliest building ever that replaced one of the most beautiful buildings ever built in Everett, hmm. the Jefferson School. Um, I think history, historic preservation, art, it's all in the same category. Why do we care about Mona Lisa? Why do we care about the Last Supper? You know, why do we care about culture? Why do we care about these old, you know, music? It all falls together and enriches our lives. And I think having this history and these historic buildings enriches our lives. Hmm. And it gives you something to be proud of. Not everything is something to be proud of. You know, the Ever Massacre. But what did we learn from it? What came about from it? You know, so I think if you lose history, you're going to repeat a lot of mistakes, which we've seen happen over and over again and happening today. Hmm. So that's why I think history is important. The most fun class I ever taught was history of architecture, I think. Mm. And these people, students would come in, they knew nothing about it. By the time they were done, they could actually talk about it, and they appreciated that you could see the change. Hmm. Oh, that's just an old house. Oh, that's a cool old house. Look at this. You know? <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's cool. reasons for it. But I think being, having kids be able to go to a museum and see history makes them feel better and makes them more connected to your community yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah i love that so it's going to be about a year until the museum opens i would guess before that uh what are some other resources for people um if they're interested in learning more about Everett history well the northwest room we just lost dave dilgard but we have some really good people working there still um so the northwest room in the everett library has great resources online and it's a great room to just uh, go and it do really research. It really is such in. a cool spot. Yeah. yeah, I did a lot of research for my book there. Hmm. Uh, historic Everett. I'm one of the founders of the Historic Everett group. I'm proud to say, and we're online. You know, they're the ones that put on the cemetery tour that I led, and they're just uh, you know an email away. If anybody wants to know any more about their house or their neighborhood or research, that's a great resource. Everett Historic Commission is part of the City of Everett's commissions. And we have a very passionate group that are in that. So a lot of resources. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I have yeah. a question about history without taking up too much time. Mm-hmm. So the neighborhood that I live in, um, like I live right around 8th and Colby, and all those houses seem like they were mm-hmm. built in like the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard somewhere that it was like marshland before. Um, what's the story with that whole area that was developed around Legion Park there? Well, if you go over across Broadway to about... Uh, 13th, 14th, and Broadway, and a little east, you'll still see the marshland right in there. There's a dead-end area. You look at Google Maps or, or the Microsoft Maps, and you'll see and there's nothing built in there. There's a marshland. Okay, yeah. But that used to continue farther. If you look at a 1930s map, when they're developing the, the golf course, you can actually see that the water ran to the north and west. And there were little marshes here and there all over the place. Hmm. Um, there's been some recent discussions on this and, and what used to be where. But um, all you have to do is look for the low points. Where, where you're driving down here and there's a low point where that's where the water drained toward the bay. 
Okay. Yeah, and there was a pretty significant stream that came out, went right across the golf course and came down the hill into the Snohomish River, and that's where the um, uh, early Indians had their encampment right down there Hmm. by the fresh water coming down. Hmm. And unfortunately, all the stuff, when they developed Everett, they just routed everything into the sewers, you know, (laughs) and the drains, and it's gone. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 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 When I worked at the city of Everett during the summertime as a surveyor, which I loved doing, when we were redoing some of the roads, we'd find peat bogs and things like Beverly uh, Boulevard. Ran into a big peat bog out there in the low point on the road. You know, all they did and just filled it with a bunch of old trees and stuff. And they were still there (laughs) 60 years later. Wow. (laughs) That's cool. Wild. Yeah. um, We're going to ask you some Everett centric questions. We ask all of our guests. Gary, you want to go ahead? Yeah, so the first one is, how have you seen Everett change since you've been here? Well, since I've been here my entire life, the big change has been going from a blue-collar city to a mixture, more of a, a, you know, a lot of white-collar. I mean, Boeing. We've gone from a sawmill town to a Boeing town. That's a huge change. And really, all the sawmills are gone. We still have Canyon Mill down by the road. We just lost the Smith Street Mill, a little mill over by... Uh, uh, Smith Avenue, and <laughs> that's gone now. But uh, but that's the big change. Hmm. Everybody worked at sawmills, and now people work at Boeing. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of other businesses around. But if you took Boeing out, it would be unbelievable the change. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. it's crazy how many people Boeing employees. When yeah. you look at the other, the next largest employers are yeah. like what, like a tenth of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not even close. Yeah. And then plus everybody supplying Boeing. Mm-hmm. It's cool. not just the Boeing company, but all the suppliers and everything. Yeah. So that's the big change. Yeah. It really is. And everything has changed along with that. But, uh, you know, and the reputation of Everett was stinky, stinky sawmill town, the pulp mill. Plug your nose when you drive through Everett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that a lot. You know, those days are gone. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think Everett's best kept secret is? The views, the water, the location. Um, where else can you go anywhere where you've got fresh water on one side, salt water on another side? I can be up in the snow in an hour any day of the year. A few hours I can be at the ocean beaches. A few hours I can be in the desert. Totally. I can be up on the top of a mountain. Yeah. Name another place in the world where you can do that. It's pretty hard. Mm-hmm. It's really, really pretty hard. That's why I'm so passionate about development in Everett, about what we have here in Everett. Um, it's just location, location, location. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's a special yeah. place. Very special. Uh, do you think Everett is misunderstood? And if so, why? Well, I think it's not as much now as it used to be. I think it really used to be a lot, like I say, because of the, the sawmills, the pulp mill, the smell. Um, blue collar you know rough rough bunch people would kind of laugh at people from Everett I think and now it's uh I think it's when people come here that totally changes things and we have so many people that come here now I I think that's pretty much gone I'd like to think yeah I don't think it's much misunderstood anymore but it sure was sure yeah yeah what do you think Everett needs if anything we need more of what we're getting right now we need more apartments condos living areas downtown high rises and people get mad when i say that some people but beautiful design historic looking or you know good architecture um right downtown where people are downtown 
because that'll bring your grocery store, that'll bring your drug store, that'll bring everything back to the downtown area. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's what we really need. And then my other passion, so I'll put in a plug for it. I'd like to see a massive street tree planting project so we make this town look beautiful. Mm. You know, people say the evergreen city. Uh, no way. It's been <laughs> terrible. That, terrible. That would be cool. It's that would be terrible. really cool. Yeah. Do, you, do you envision that being like trees down the center streets or like along the sides? Both. Or? Both. Okay. I mean, I, I dream that North Broadway is just starting to look better now with the college there and the, the Cougars moving in. Let's get a median right down the middle with some tree planting. Let's make it walkable. Let's make it pretty. And uh, I drive down a street like uh, Maple Street. It's got medians 10 feet wide, no trees. What the hell's wrong here? Yeah, Let's yeah. plant red maples the whole length. Anyway, I go on and on about that. But uh, totally. people think that they're environment, they care about the environment, but Everett's been very, very sad that way. Hmm. Very sad. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your greatest hope for Everett's future? Well, I hope it will always be, I'd like to see it, you know, be a friendly town, the smaller town atmosphere. My biggest hope is we don't follow the route that Seattle's taken where it's just become so bad downtown with crime and homeless problems and everything else I my fear is let's not follow Seattle in any way so my hope you know I just uh, wanted to keep more of a smaller town atmosphere and just be really livable livable I want people to be really proud of living here mm, really I like proud it. of living That's here a great answer yeah yeah, yeah cool. for sure awesome so yeah. we have a little game we like to play called okay. fast favorites where we're going to ask you five questions and if you can answer all five in 60 seconds you just might win a prize wow <laughs> All right, we're going to go. Garrett's going to put some time on the clock. I'm going to ask you um, Pressure, questions. On. Yeah, it's high pressure here at Live in Everett Podcast. All right, are you ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. What is your favorite place to eat? Favorite place to eat is a, um, let's say, uh, <laughs> used to be Taco Bell in the old days. No, I like going to, um, uh, let's say, El Perry, Paradiso. Uh, favorite Paradiso. place to drink? Favorite place to drink would be um, down at the waterfront at Anthony's. Nice. Favorite place to watch the sunset? Same place. Right at Anthony's having what, a drink watching the sunset. What's, what's your favorite word to describe Everett? Beautiful. Uh, what is your favorite thing to do in Everett when you have free time? I like to go for a walk. Nice. That was great. Mm-hmm. Oh. 30 seconds. You wow. made it. Yeah. Wow. I, I was a little nervous on your first answer there. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I don't know how this is going to go. There's so many places to eat. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And I'm glad you yeah. didn't say Taco Bell. No, no. That uh, that dates back to when I was a kid, but I love the Mexican food. I do. I <laughs> do love pick. Taco Bell at like two, yeah. two in the morning. Mm-hmm. There's one prize out of the back here. Hey, what do we got? Oh, one prize. Okay. Yeah, there's something that's blue out. color. So I'm going to take that. Oh, there you go. Ooh, cool. Copy of our Everett Sound CD. Love it. It's got 12 local bands on there. Everett Sounds Volume 1, so... Looking yeah, good. That's Enjoy. all local Everett music. Hopefully you have a CD player. Yes, I do. Yeah, cool. speaking of history... Yeah, yeah. Nobody <laughs> CD, has CD players, players are about anymore. to disappear. Yeah. yeah, I don't have my 8-track anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have my cassettes anymore, but I still got my CD player. Um, <laughs> nice. All right. Well, before we uh, cut you loose, um, where can people... Um, connect with you and learn more about Everett history. What is the website for this? Okay. Website, go to historic Everett. Okay. Go to the Everett museum of history website. Also both are on Facebook or go to Facebook, 
and go to this cool site that's called You Know You're From Everett If. Or you know you grew up in Everett If. Okay. I'm yeah. on there all the time because I can't resist. It's okay. all kinds of good memories and stuff. Oh, good. So, good. Yeah. Some of those Facebook groups can get pretty toxic. So. <laughs> well, if they start getting into politics, we shut them down. <laughs> we get away from them. But then, yeah. And then I've got a couple of Facebook sites, too. And then um, is there anywhere where people can uh, find your book at? Yes, it's on Amazon. Okay, oh, cool. cool. Milltown Boy on Amazon. And... Um, my second book, which is not ever history, but it's Leonardo, Harryhausen, and Hollywood, which is a weird one about art and uh, science fiction and a few other things. That's also on Amazon. Oh, nice. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Gene. We really right. appreciate you uh, being on the show today. Well, this is fun, and thanks for everything you guys do. Yeah, our pleasure. Yay. All yeah, right. we love Everett. Cool. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, thanks for hanging out for the Live in Everett podcast. We would love to hear from you. Send us feedback, hate letters, love letters, whatever floats your boat to podcast at liveineverett.com or leave us a voicemail at 425-341-3731. If you're listening on iTunes, take a minute and rate us. It helps a ton. And you can keep up with all the good things happening around Everett by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter, The Weekly Goodness, which goes out every Monday and is packed full of upcoming events, news, a recap of what's new on the blog, you can subscribe for free over on the website, liveineverett.com slash subscribe. Thanks again to Gene for joining us today. And special thanks to Oliver Elf Army for our theme music and to our producer, Henry J. Which, by the way, you can catch Henry's radio show, The Stereo Wire, right here on liveineverett.com starting August 3rd. Good things happen in Everett because of you. So thanks so much for listening and being a part of this wonderful city. Have a great week, everyone. This is why we're Everett till the grave.